Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with Scott Merkin, our MLB.com White Sox reporter. And the White Sox, the rebuild is is not just on now, but it's kind of getting to that point where these prospects have made it to the big leagues. There's a lot of excitement on the south side of Chicago. As we take in this winter meetings, you look back to a year ago and and – I don't know if ever a team has stolen the headlines as much by trading away players as right. the White Sox did a year ago. What do you remember most just about, um, you know, the Eaton and Sale deals and how crazy things got down in the D.C. area? You know, Rick always jokes about winning that Rick had about winning the winter meetings because the year before he had acquired Samarja and then yeah. signed David Roberts, and he said he's still waiting for the plaque for you know. For the, <laughs> but I mean, it, it was it was pretty amazing, and I think that's why their rebuild is so much different than the Cubs and the Astros and even the Royals in that. The guys they had, not only were they great players, and, and actually all great kids on top of it, but great contractual control. So with that, you're able to get a lot back right away. So with Sale, you know, arguably in the team picture of the top three or four best starting pitchers in all of baseball, you get back, you know, the number one prospect in the game at the time in Yohan Moncada. You get Michael Kopech, and then you get a couple other guys in Diaz and Basavi who could help out too. And the next day, you know, the, the, the site is barely, barely cold from yeah. that story. They trade Adam Eaton, who's you know maybe one of the top two or three best top leadoff men in the game, and you get three pitchers. Two of them have already been in the majors with the Sox: Giolito, Lucas Giolito, and Ronaldo Lopez. And Dane Dunning's coming fast. So, you know that that really I, I know they had talked about it at team meetings earlier in I guess it was October, maybe even November, that this is the direct, direction they were going, and they had sort of gone in that way with you know Ricky Renteria coming as manager, Nick Capra third base coach, Kurt Hassler, bullpen coach, guys who had had extensive minor league experience. But it really, that was the first step. And it was a huge step when you get, what, uh, seven prospects back for, for two guys in that, and just in that winter meetings alone before the Quintana and the trading of the entire bullpen came in season. Yeah, it's amazing stuff that they've been able to accomplish. So that brings us to, to this winter meetings and certainly expected to be a little quieter. Although you look at the roster, there's actually still guys that could be dealt. And we've heard rumors about Jose Abreu. We've heard interest from the Red Sox and, and other teams. I mean, is that something that could move quickly at some point? Or, or do you see that eventually I, I, happening? I think, first of all, the busiest day for the Sox as winter means might be Thursday with the Rule 5 pick. Yeah. They may add a couple guys there, and they're 40 mans at 36 right now. So there's a chance there's a couple guys that could come on and help them. Maybe, you know, a guy in the bullpen. First, they need, they need bullpen help after trading so many guys. You know, Abreu, I think it's going to be – if the trade happens, it's because the haul back is ridiculously good. Which is what Rickon has done. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And I think it's more played like the Jose Quintana situation of last year where – you don't have to trade him. You don't want to trade him. He's beloved in the clubhouse. Quintana was beloved in the clubhouse. Abreu even took another step last year where he became, he kind of had the, the Paul Canerco role where he was the voice of the clubhouse, voice of the team, even though he does his interviews with an interpreter. He still had that kind of personality, that kind of take charge role. So, again, you have two years of control over him. No one says it has to be done by Thursday when they leave here, sometime Thursday morning. 
So I think it's a possibility. I think Avi is the same thing. Now, the thing with Avi is, Avi Garcia, you know, people had waited for this kind of 5 tool potential to kick in, and it did last year in a big way. Got hit, hit the third best average in the major leagues, hit 330. I think teams probably want to see how that picks up. I personally think he's found something that he can carry over. Is he going to hit 330 every year? Probably not. Right. But he will be a, a contributor. So I think he's a guy who maybe is more likely to go to the Abreu, but I think neither one you need to force the issue. I know neither one you force it because you have two years of control over both. You look at 2018, what, what needs to be added? We talk about trading away players and, and still getting young and adding more talent, but you also still have to do your best to win as many games as you can the next season. So when you look at this roster as it currently sits, what are they trying to add this offseason? Well, before I came here, we were interviewing a bunch of us, Hawk Harrelson. Yeah. Will truly be missing this game, doing 20 games this year, iconic broadcaster. And he summed it up, you know, bullpen, bullpen, and bullpen. you got to have great relief help there, and I think – with them trading so many last year, you know, Dan Jennings, David Robertson, Tommy Canely, Anthony Swarzak. I'm sure I'm leaving someone out in there who got traded, but you have to rebuild a little bit in, uh, amidst the rebuild. So they have some young guys that they can work in there, but I think you're going to look at guys who aren't just a year sign who you could flip. You might have a guy like the Wellington Castillo signing who you can lock down for a couple of years, maybe with an option for a third year and a guy who could help you now bridge the gap and then also be a contributor when the team is good so I think it's sort of that kind of look I also think though that the kind of the top end of the bullpen crew has to kind of filter down a little bit with signings before I think the Sox really get into you know who they're signing which yeah. of course means they'll announce the signing as soon as we're done with this, this <laughs> taping right here and yeah, we'll bring you back if there you go do. perfect uh Carlos Rodon had the injury last year is there a timetable for him getting back into this rotation they've been very consistent that at the time of the surgery it was six to eight months I would not expect him at the beginning of the season, but they've also been very consistent in that they can't make any sort of judgment until spring training when they see him, you know, throw off the mound. Right now he's going through the rehab process, doing his exercises, that kind of thing, just to get the shoulders strong again. You know, as are most surgeries, they said it went well, everything was good, but they have said, for the, you know, Rick's been asked about this a couple of times at the GM meetings, I'm sure he'll be asked about this here, but they basically have said the same thing, that you can't really, you don't really know where you're going until he starts throwing in Arizona come February. You look at this system, most people say the number one uh, organization as far as prospects, right. now that the Yankees have, have graduated some. Uh, and they already, obviously, Moncada's been up and all of that. But you look at the top five, you have Aloy Jimenez, uh, Kopech, and Luis Robert, and, and Rutherford that they got from the Yankees. Dylan C. So many guys that people that follow prospects really know, like, right. oh, that right. guy. Um, who do you think is next to, to make his way to the big leagues out of that group? Well, it's interesting you say about the prospects, too. You know, we do the top 100 prospect story every year. And I remember a couple of years where you're kind of like trying to finesse the guy who's 98. Yeah. And that's the only guy for the Sox. <laughs> and now you're like, who do I lead with? They have like seven up there. Although some, like you said, have, with them to have graduated. I think Kopech, Michael Kopech will be the next guy up. I think he'll follow a similar path as Ronaldo Lopez last year. He'll get a little time in Charlotte, and then eventually he'll be, you know, he'll get, get to the majors. I, I can June maybe or something like that. And then I think Eloy Jimenez, although he just has a little time in double A and that's his highest level, you know, the Sox are not afraid of pushing a guy if they, you know, kind of show they can handle it. Again, they're also not rushing anyone, but I think he could kind of force the issue. I would say Kopech, though, of the group is the next one probably up there. All right, great stuff. Great catching up with you. This has been MLB.com Extras, our White Sox edition. Tune in again next week. <laughs>